The Joseph Sign. So that first touchdown to Trey Palmer was 87 yards. Double 87 yards. Yeah. As soon as Cooper went down, um, I think uh, another team like, called a timeout and went straight out. But this team to go right after this guy. Yeah, he did go out early. Yep. All right, hold on. Who's number six? I'm serious, man. I'm so sincere. This the flow right here. The fuck with Jeff's career. Make money, take money. Yeah, nigga. Yeah, nigga. That box is nice. That's what you want for me. That chain is nice. That's what you want for me. The lyrics is nice. That's what you want for me. So TJ Hall came in first. True freshman out of Fresno, California. Big money. Big money. And then in comes Jameson Hines. True sophomore out of Humboldt, Iowa. As they both commenced to giving up as much food as they had. <laughs> we don't we don't like stopping people from scoring. Go ahead, man. We don't want to be a we don't want to be the people to stop you. We want to enable you. Go for it. We got you. Thank you. Welcome, Hawk fans. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, Colin Cole, and I am joined by my resident guest host, two-year all-conference, three-year starter right tackle, the incomparable Mr. David Porter. David, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Always great to be here. Wish we're under better circumstances, but uh, let's do this. Well, I mean, how much changes in a week's time it's really been a um it was it was something man i mean to say the least uh we know what happened obviously in the game the corn huskers came into kinnick stadium and defeated the hawkeyes by a score of 24 to 17 um but it's really how it happened really Hmm. Um, before we jump into it man i just gotta say it's just it's been up and down here Right, we've we've had a bit of an up and down year. We talked about the three game uh, streak of losses between the two top teams in the Big Ten, Michigan and Ohio State, and then obviously in between those two was the uh, Illinois game, which they lost a close one, nail biter, and then they went on this four game streak. But uh, they had an opportunity, David. They had an opportunity. Big Ten title, Big Ten West on the line. 
Um, they, they had a lot of things on the line. They had the Big Ten West title on the line. They had Senior Day, right, for all those seniors that walked across that field that will no longer put on that black and gold. Those guys were celebrating that day, right? And then there's the Heartland Trophy. Heartland Trophy was is a trophy that uh, the Hawks play the Cornhuskers for every year, as we all know. So we had multiple things on the line in Saturday's game when the Cornhuskers rode into Kinnick, rode into Iowa City. And this Hawkeye team wasn't ready to play. To go three and out on the first drive of the game and then turn around and allow, obviously there was an injury to Cooper DeGene, but then to turn around and allow an 87-yard bomb within the next two series. And then it just kind of went downhill from there, Dave. Um, as a former Hawkeye and as a, as a competitor, I just don't get it. I don't understand what happened. Maybe you can you know, enlighten me. Maybe you can shine some light on, on what happened Saturday from your point of view. I'm a, I'm a, hmm. I want to say this. You and me both, brother. How about that? Because I don't get it either. Like you said, we had a lot on the line. There was a lot. Um, especially for those seniors. And everything that, they, everything that they have been through this year, um, there was a lot on the line. Uh, and again, the offense to come out and play the way that they played, like you said, the three and out to start the game. Um especially with everything that's on the line, going against a team that at that time was 3-8. Um, they're now 4-8 after beating us. That wasn't good. Um, really, and we were the overwhelming favorites. I think it was an 83%, 85% chance that I was going to win this game. And we just came out flat. Uh, they We went uh, the offense, three and out. We punt. Give them the ball. They go 10 plays, 45 yards. And the only way we stopped them from scoring is um, one, our, our defense stopped them from scoring a touchdown. But um, they missed a field goal. So that's what happened. We get the ball back. We get six plays, 24 yards and a punt. That's it. And after that, Nebraska gets the ball back. And that's that touchdown we get. That's after Cooper DeGene goes down. One play, 87 yards, touchdown. Mr. Uh, what's that guy's name? Trey Palmer. I'm not sure how I could ever forget that name. It's almost like David Bell to me right now. Yeah. That, that, I'll never forget that name for a minute. After that touchdown, you think, hey, you know what? We're going to settle down. Everything's going to be okay. That's not what happens. We come back out. Four plays and a fumble. Now we got turnover. Wow. Uh, we're giving them a short field again and momentum. Our defense bows up as much as they can, hold them to a field goal. Perfect. They went seven plays, 28 yards, field goal. They're still moving the ball. Our defense, which is full of seniors, they're beat up. They've been playing a lot this year. Um, our offense gets back out there, and we go 13 plays. We're actually on a decent drive. 
30, 31 yards or something like that. And then we get a fumble. Another just costly turnover, just an inopportune time. So they get the ball back again, short field. This time it's three plays and 39 yards before they get to a touchdown. They give us the ball back, punt, they punt, we punt again. That's the end of the half, not the game. That's just the first half. So they go into the halftime up 17 0. And it be honest, we're lucky. Could have even been worse. So uh, I don't have a lot of explanation as to why we played the way we played. Um, like I said, there are a lot of seniors on that team. Uh, Spencer, he's been through a lot this year. Potterbaum, he's a senior. Sam Laporte is a senior. Uh, Captain Jack Campbell, he's a senior there. Riley Moss is a senior. Noah, Noah Shannon, he's a senior. We have a team with like senior leadership throughout. And these guys, for them to go out like that on their last day in Kinnick, um, that's really tough. Especially, with, again, like you said, so much on, on the line, the Big Ten West title, uh, Senior Day, the Heartland Trophy. <laughs> and it's not just the Big Ten West title. Now we have uh, actually Purdue in there. So you're talking about putting uh, salt in the womb. Uh, Charlie Jones is there, so is Tyrone Tracy. So. Not to mention the Hawks beat Purdue handily, beat them. handily, handily in West Lafayette. But what's more important here, David, is the fact that a three and eight Nebraska team can come into Kinnick Stadium and go up seventeen nothing at the half. Um, that's what's even more disturbing because with all the things that are on the line as a competitor. As a, as a as a guy who loves the sports, I just can't imagine coming out and just being flat and just allowing them to do what they wanted to do. I feel like they took a bit of the, what they saw last week out of uh, Minnesota and Muhammad Ibrahim. I got to make sure I put the respect on that young man's name for what he did. Right? I know it. Um, it's like they definitely took a book out of out of uh, the Gophers playbook. They put, took a page out of the Gophers playbook and used that. And then Casey Thompson had a career day. Casey Thompson hadn't had a day like he had all season until he came to Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. Going 20 for 30, 278 yards and three touchdowns. Three mm-hmm. touchdowns. To one of the stingiest defenses in the country. Now, we know that Cooper DeGene went down early in the football game. I mean, he went down in the first quarter. And that was really the green light (laughs) for Thompson. Because when T.J. Hall, the true freshman out of Fresno, California, came in the game, that is the first, the very first play he came in the game. Mm-hmm. He got mossed. Took a shot. They didn't get mossed, but he they took a shot. He he got lost, is what he got. Oh my! God. He was uh, he was a bit in, in a in a in a difficult position coming off the bench, playing against one of the Big Ten's top receivers, and um, 
yeah, first play he got in, it was uh, it was it was night night sweetheart, and then he gave up another touchdown. Right? He gave up that second score of the game, and then they went ahead and put in um, sophomore, true sophomore, out of Humboldt, Iowa, Jameson Hines, number sixteen, and it was pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mr. Palmer didn't care who we put out there. It was really good. didn't matter. And, you know, I, I will I will give Phil Parker credit. I do recall at some point in the game that uh, Riley Moss started to follow uh, Trey Palmer. He started to uh, go around and line up across from him if he was on the outside, if he was an outside wide receiver. But it really didn't matter at that point because whoever was up on, on that backup cornerback on the other side, they were just uh, – they were really going after him. They were really going after him. So how does this Hawkeye defense, you know, know, we're going to, we're going to dedicate some time to this Hawkeye offense, but we saw something on Saturday that we hadn't seen. We saw some difficult losses against Michigan and Ohio state. And of course, Illinois, however, the Hawkeye defense showed up and showed out and held their own throughout. But Saturday, just felt like it just felt different. It felt like they were flat. It felt like they didn't, they were shell shocked. Felt like they didn't felt like they were the three and eighteen. The defense, it's a long season. And and I hate to put it this way, but it kind of is what it is. These guys have been on the field a long time this season, this defense. And we talked about this early in the season. The defense is not really built to be out there like that. They really are. The defensive linemen, you guys, I, I hate to say you guys are more like, uh, you know, exotic vehicles. More I hate the, to say. No, that's a proper That's a proper analogy. What do you mean, hate to say? That's a proper analogy. I'm sorry. I mean, like, you guys are finely tuned, like, just not a lot of meat, very lean, just athletic people. Offensive linemen are meant and were built to be out there and take that punishment, almost like tanks, right? You got these uh, tanks that are built to be out there and take that punishment on and on. Problem was, our offense wasn't out there taking those hits, and our defense was. And it's just, I, when I think back and look at it, the whole season in totality, our defense took a lot of freaking hits. Our defense took a lot of plays. And our defense did a lot of work that, like, these kids, which is what they are at this age, uh, like you said, the, when the freshman and a sophomore come in or replace uh, DeGene, they are, what, 18, 19 years old, 20 mm-hmm. at max? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the muscle density, the muscle um, capacity to handle the whole season, um, especially this type of season where it was so heavily dependent on the defense uh, stepping up and scoring points and stopping these uh, these highly touted highly very powerful offenses to allow our offense to grow up um that might account for it or i don't know because you know when i hate to sound like that old guy but back in our day when we were playing um you know it didn't matter whoever was there we got up for it and they knew they were there for a fight i didn't care if we lost we was gonna fight and we fought into the last freaking whistle. 
sometimes after. But we fought. Um, you know, the defense, I thought they showed a lot of resilience come the second half. But like they just everybody started off flat. And once they got behind the chains, they got behind on the numbers by hand on the count. It it was like Nebraska, had they not taken their foot off the accelerator off the gas, this game could have been a lot worse than what it was. They went very conservative very early. It was probably midway through the third quarter. I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, thank goodness. But uh, this defense, um, hmm. that was not the defense that I've seen all year. That offense that we saw, now that was the offense that I had seen earlier in the season. And uh, I did not expect to see that at this point of the season, not the end of the, not the, end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I would say that um... – that was a definitely a disappointing performance. Um, disappointing on a number of fronts. But you know, again, they're still eligible for the bowl game. We won't we won't uh, discount that. We won't discredit that. But for so much to be on the line and so much to be at stake, and for them to not come out differently, that's what's the most this disheartening part of the, all this, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's one thing I struggle with because when we played against, and just like you said, you know, I hate to be that old guy, be like, you know, back in my day, but when we played 2002 to go to the to claim our Big Ten title against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, we were hitting on all cylinders right from the jump, every mm-hmm. cylinder that was there. All phases, we were we were clicking right immediately. We were on a mission. I just didn't see that on Saturday. I just didn't see it, and that's the most frustrating part for me because I feel like these young guys put the work in. And they put the work in. I know they put the work in. We we know that throughout the season. We know what a long uh, college season is like, and it's a lot of work. Not to mention, you're still a student. You still got to go to class. You still got to perform on that area. But to have it all right there in front of you on a plate, on a platter, right there in front of you. And to come out like that, it's what's most disappointing for me. As a Hawk fan, as a Hawk alum, as a brother to this program, just was the most important, most disappointing for me. So I'll leave it at that. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit, Dave. I don't dwell on it. Yeah, we can't skip over everything. Hold on. No, man. we can't skip over everything, but okay. No. You got something else you got? No. That- well, we talk about the defensive coordinator. We can talk about the offense coordinator at all, because that that's that it comes down to coach. You know it does. The leadership, like when this thing isn't going right, like who's the one that steps up? Who gets everybody prepared to go? We talk about the, these are kids. We talked about that, right? I hold the adults responsible for this. Got to, don't we? Well, I mean, of course, of course, people calling the plays matter. Of course, the people who are bringing in the recruits matter. The people who are um, engaging with these young men on a daily basis matter, right? And whatever the situation is, we've had – we have freshmen. We have true freshmen. We talked about uh, the young man uh, out of Fresno. We talked about uh, – let me say his name again. Uh, T.J. Hall. We talked about it. True freshman. That means last year he was in college. He was in high school. I'm sorry. Last year that young man was – 
walking across a, a high school football field telling his parents goodbye on senior day, right? Right. So, right. So to have to then make a jump to the college level and in one of the biggest games, you know, thus far of his collegiate career, that's hard to do. We got to be honest, Cooper DeGene is a true freshman. Does not happen very often the true freshman can come in and play. And he's played magnificently. I, if he doesn't make the, you know, if he doesn't make first team freshman All-American, then there's something wrong. He's played amazingly. But that's not who you expect to fill your roster. That's not who you expect to fill to field your team on Saturdays. And the unfortunate part is, is that this, these are the young men that uh, they had to turn to in a heated, the heat of battle to try and, and help win the football game. And can it be done? Sure, sure. Cooper DeGene is, is proven that it can be done. But these young men, as true freshmen, have to have time to develop. They have to have time to develop. True software, you have to have time to develop. I say all that to say that it's tough when you have student athletes transfer out. And mind you, NIL, uh, all of these things, NCAA has changed. All these things have played into what we're seeing right now. However, teams like Illinois seem to be doing well. They seem to be finding a way to, to, to make it work. Purdue is going to the Big Ten title game. So these programs are finding ways to make it happen. Um, we've seen, you and I have talked about it, there have been too many, a number of um, guys transfer out of the program for one reason or another. It could be, I, I can't, I'm not going to speculate on why that is. I'm not going to speculate on that. I will say that it definitely plays a role, plays a part into how these games are being, are, are coming out. You know, we have a lot of young guys having to step in right away and play. So definitely the coaching staff has a huge task moving forward on how they're going to recruit, um, keep these student athletes, you know, all these things are going to play, play a role into it moving forward. But, you know, we got a bowl game to get prepared for. And these young men obviously are going to have a little bit more experience, but you, you don't know. We don't know who they're going to play. You got to believe it's going to be a talented uh, group that's going to that they're going to play against. I mean, last year's game against Kentucky just shows that hey, you get into bowl season, anybody can win. And those teams that are in the bowl, they're there because they're a strong team. Kentucky was a basketball school. They still are a basketball school. We lost. Come on, man, that ain't funny. That's embarrassing. Oh, I'm not laughing. What I'm saying is that, oh, that I, can't, I can't say Kentucky is a basketball school. What I'll say is that Kentucky is an SEC school. And they play against SEC talent on a regular basis, and they've turned their program around. We, on the other hand, we are definitely a football school. We have wrestling. We're a football and wrestling school. And you're the longest tenure football coach, mm-hmm. the longest tenure. And you're, we're talking about recruiting issues. Are you kidding me? We're talking about filling the pipeline for people. Right now, it should be a factory. What are you talking about? I, I, this is weird. 24 years? Is that how long it's been? 99, 23. 22. 20, going, this would be coming up on 23. This is 23rd year. Yeah. Dude. It, it. And we're talking about transfers and the NIL. That's the same thing that everybody else is dealing with. Somehow they're able to figure it out. 
That's exactly what I'm saying. Teams like Illinois, teams like Purdue, they they have found a way to make it work. And regardless, it's still our guys too. So, uh, <laughs> but I, okay, let's let's switch gears. Let's shift gears a little bit. So we saw Spencer go down in the first quarter, halfway through the first quarter, and then we saw Alex Padilla come in. What's your take on Alex? I mean, we um, we had been concerned throughout the season. Uh, we we looked at a number of um, press conferences, and coaches reassured us that he wasn't quite prepared to step on the field yet. He wasn't ready to – he, in practice, hadn't shown that he was ready to be the, the full-time starter or take over that role. What did you see out of Alex? And – if Spencer's not ready to go for the bowl game, how do you feel about Alex being the starter? No, I like Alex. Um, his Alex's ability to, well, <laughs> extend the play. Right, he's a mobile quarterback. Now, I've seen, I think one of the stats, we gave up what two sacks on the day, or three. Heck, yeah, let's see what we're looking at here. Yeah, three sacks on the day. And I saw Alex avoid at least two of them just by being able to extend a play with his mobility, right? So that, for me, is a big plus. He did uh, throw the ball. His interception he threw, I'm not sure where the heck he was throwing. That defender was just sitting there the whole time. But other than that, he really uh, stepped in, threw the ball with confidence, and I thought he had some pretty good zip on the ball. Uh, that that play, the one play where he evaded a, a sack, he was uh, fading over to the right, and he got right on the sideline and threw the ball down to uh, to Nico Regani. I think it was Nico. But the ball, he, Nico couldn't stay in bounds, but it was still. If he can do that kind of stuff and extend the play, and I think the connection between he and Luke Lachey uh, looked pretty decent, um, you know, I think he could actually be a better quarterback than Spencer as far as his mobility and his ability to throw the ball and extend the play. Biggest problem I saw with him when he got out there, he was nervous. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that he didn't get to play a lot this entire season, uh, not gameplay anyway. And I'm not sure how many reps he actually got in practice. As you know, the ones take most of it. And uh, just not sure how much he's actually out there with the ones. But, yeah, I think Alex will do okay. Uh, he, he's not the guy like Spencer. He doesn't have that leadership right now, but I think that comes along with time. And once given the reins, I think he'll run with it. What do you see? Do you I, definitely, I definitely felt like he did a tremendous job. He went 16 for 33, 141 yards. The one touchdown and the one interception, uh, Spencer went one for six, nine yards. Oh, God. Yeah. Um. I think it definitely gives you better opportunity to move the ball. One thing, yeah, he keeps, he definitely does that. And he definitely um, extends plays. He has the ability to do that. He tried to extend the one play where he had to fumble. You know, he was trying to extend the play and get out on the edge. That was early on when he he came in, when he had that play happen. But um, he tried, he did, he did some decent things. He he, he threw the ball around and uh, made some plays. So I think that he'll be a good you know, I think he'll do well. I think 
given it given a full week or a couple weeks of practice as as a starter, you know, depending on what Spencer's prognosis is with his shoulder or arm, you know, he could I think he could do well as a starter. Um, he's done well as a starter in the past, so I think he can continue that trend. It's just uh, you know, it's, it's 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 tough, you know. And they definitely have to work to put him in the best possible position for him to be successful. You know, really, David, I got to be honest. I hope that they at some point just get rid of that sprint left. Like, I really don't understand why <laughs> we run the sprint left. Like, I, we have two right-handed quarterbacks, the starter and the backup, both right-handed quarterbacks. I don't see the sprint left as being a, a play that really plays yeah. to their, their strengths. It doesn't. Both their feet are off when they're rolling to the left. They just can't do it. it it's, maybe it works for other people, but not for our guys. I don't know. I don't know. I can't completely, I can't answer that honestly. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I really hope they stop running that play. I hope they stop running that play. Um, <laughs> so, we'll r- wrap this thing up, man, in terms of how we see this thing. Uh, right now, they don't know. Right now, they have not made an announcement as far as where the bowl game will be. I know there are a couple ta- a couple of different options, opportunities for them. So we'll see how it shakes out. But um, to be honest, fully, this is just to go from having the opportunity to play in the title game to this being the situation at hand. You know, it feels like it feels like um I mean yeah, it feels like runner up. It feels like it feels like these yeah it just it's a letdown. It feels like a letdown, it feels like a disappointment because they yeah. were they were right there on the cusp. And as a hawkeye, as a former hawkeye, as, as a guy who played with these these uniforms on to see those Cornhuskers run across the field after holding on to that trophy for the last seven years. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. So we'll see what happens next, David. We'll see what happens next. Right. As for right now, they got to get healthy. They got to get Cooper DeGene back. They got to get uh, Spencer Petrus back and see who else they can get back in preparation for this bowl game. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to turn around. You know, got to change some things up, though. Anything, any final thoughts on last week's game or potential bowl games? So, like you said in last week's game, we had beat them seven years in a row before. Mm-hmm. Seven years in a row. I think that was a – was that the same thing for Iowa State? Something like that, yep. Yeah. We – um, man – get beat by those guys too i the the lack of depth the inability for us to recruit and maintain uh our recruits right so that other people don't come take them from us with the nil transfer thing uh i believe that as you pointed out um very astutely that really came back to bite us um in the end you know not having the depth at uh, cornerback, um, especially not at receiver. We knew that going into the season. It was really thin. Um, we we have a lot of 
things to sit down and figure out. When I say we, I mean the coaching mm-hmm. staff, uh, the football coaching staff at Iowa, uh, to figure out what they're going to do to backfill some of these guys and to um, restock their the roster, you know, with the 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 student athletes that they're going to need. That way, when you go from uh, like a Cooper's gene, you don't have another true freshman coming in. You have somebody with at least some experience. I know Phil's been there, what, 22 years as well? The same amount of time as Kirk. Same as Kirk? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys, I mean, we're, we're fairly uh, tenured and senior uh, coaching staff there. Like Liddell and um, Jason Manson and Dual Hodge, those are the newest guys, right? Everybody else has been there number of years right oh the old line coach forget that guy but uh, you know as we're doing our assessments toward the end of the year which is fast fast approaching um and figuring out uh who needs to stay who needs to go they're going to have to do some real soul searching as to what they're going to do and what this team is going to look like uh for the future moving forward because there are some clear clear opportunities for us to get better or as I like to call them issues that need to be fixed so um, this team uh, has battled through a lot this year the seniors uh, should be proud of what they've done uh, with this season uh, with the way it has gone it's been up and down I know we didn't end and they didn't end the way that they would like to but they should still uh, be very proud of their record uh, and how they fought all season long, especially on the defense and special teams. I mean, all the seniors, really. But uh, those guys have really put uh, put a valiant effort uh, together out there. Yeah. Like I said, the ball game, we're going to find out a lot of stuff, um, I think, of what this team is made out of. Seniors, they're still not done. There's one more game to go. But uh, after that, there's got to be a really long, um, long look at to how this, uh, how we move forward. Yep, the evaluation process has definitely started. And I'm sure that they have a number of recruits in mind and they're trying to get things figured out. Clearly, the bowl game will give him opportunity to get some evaluation going with some other guys. And like you mentioned, you know, you got true freshmen on the field. You got to do more to get some seasoned guys behind them. Some, if a true freshman is able to start and play, somebody got to be behind them who has some some years behind. And so, where you get your depth, where you get all these, uh, get the ability to have guys that can come in and and create the ability that uh, if something happens, next man up mentality. Right. So it's uh it's frustrating at night, to say the least. It is definitely frustrating. And to know that uh these guys were right within they were right there. And now being seven and five, um, where do they go from here? And how do they finish? How do they finish? So I'm going to say that there's gotta be some growth, but beyond that. Um, seeing how these these coaches bring it about, just like you mentioned, how these coaches bring about uh, ushering in uh, the next chapter and how they finish this season. Yeah, like you mentioned, there's a, 
number of seniors that still have an opportunity to win a game as a Hawkeye. How do they go out? How do they go out? Seven and five Hawkeyes. We'll see. That's all I got, David. Um, yeah, I'm looking to see where our offense is ranked right now. Okay, why why are you looking that up, man? Just frustrations about how this how this game shook out. How the uh, but you know what I will say? They definitely found some things. They found Caleb Johnson as their starter. Um, he's definitely the guy who can tote the pill. Um, Sean Williams and Gavin Williams are, are good guys to come in and 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 uh, relieve them and whatnot. But I think that's definitely the starter. We got to see how we're able to get some of these players back. I mean, Luke Lachey did a tremendous job, but uh, you know we know who our tight end is. Got to get him back out there. You know, hopefully, he can come back and, and be a part of the bowl game and uh, be a major comp- contributor. So we'll see. We'll see. The reason I was looking up the offense because we're talking about recruiting. You know, people want you got to sell something. Be one thirty out of one thirty-one is not good. So we're currently ranked one thirty. One thirty in the country out of one hundred and thirty-one teams. Yep, on offense. That's all twelve games played. We're averaging four point two three yards to play. We've amassed. 3,065 yards. We've had 724 plays. We averaged 255.4 yards per game. We've only, we've put together 18 offensive touchdowns. Okay. Well, Numbers don't lie. This is a wise man told me that a long time ago. Numbers don't lie. People lie, but numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. They tell the truth every single time. Can't hide from the neither. Nope. It's tough. So. Mm-hmm. So, Hawk Nation, that's where we are. We'll see how this thing shakes out, man. This is uh, not good. I have to say that it's not good. Not good. No. So, with that, what else can we talk about, man? We, we could be here all night. Just, like, it, but, but I, but I don't know what else we can talk about. I think that's about it, man. This is frustrating on this end. It's frustrating to report on, especially as an alum. It's frustrating. So, it is what it is. We'll bring you some more stuff here shortly and uh, talk about some different things and. Um, you know, hopefully continue to tune in all the way through bowl game and all the other good stuff as we continue down this road. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to say that this is going to be the, the end of this show, though, because really not much else we can do, not much else we can we can try to bring light to. And, um, you know. Make you off as the coordinator. No. Darn it. Hey, man. Hey, let's say it like this. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, Everybody's got to be held accountable. I mean, I played professional football for quite a long time, and that's a high football when you're getting paid to do it is a high stakes business. And Mm -hmm. if you can't, if you can't perform up to the level, then somebody else comes in and that's everybody who's not signing the checks. That's, 
from the general manager to the equipment guy to the head coach to the offensive coordinator, right down to anybody, each and every, and each and every person that collects a check. So the accountability is on the program to make the changes that need to be made. That's all we can say. The proof is in the pudding. Like you said, 130 out of 131. I would hope that uh, somebody would make some changes in terms of how we've gotten to this point. Same as it was last year. So, yeah, I think you said it, man. This is definitely some changes need to happen, whether it be stripping somebody of falling duties or whether they decide to figure out something else. I don't know. But uh, it's Kirk's son, and it creates a bit of a difficult situation. I hope that they can get it figured out. Until then, David, you and I will be on the sideline talking about it, and uh, we'll get it all figured out on our end. Uh, hopefully, they get it figured out on their end. Uh, with I that, oh, you got something else? Okay, I got a solution for the offense. Bring in an old offense coordinator. Well, it's been five, six years. Well, literally the worst offensive stretch in Kirk Ferentz's history. Of him being a coach at Iowa, literally. Numbers don't lie. Lie women, not numbers. Exactly. Man, lie women, lie yeah. about numbers. Huh? I, you know, right, we gotta get out. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's tough, man. Just, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, I'm a loyal Hawk fan and love each and every Hawk fan out there. Thank you guys for taking the time to join us throughout the season. It's not quite over with yet, but I appreciate you all listening and sticking with us uh, throughout the year. It's been an up and down year, but, you know, it was fun regardless. Had fun coming on here and talking about them. And, um, yeah, Uh, for David Porter, I'm Colin Cole. This is Hawk Talk, and uh, we appreciate you all for joining us. God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.